Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like. Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks! Villa scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what I like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beta male. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello, hello, and welcome to Under the Floodlights, where this week we say a sad goodbye to the inventor of football. Antonio Conte is still begging to be sacked. Man City benefit from some match fixing as they scrape by Everton. Southampton continue to cheat and get away with it. Christian Eriksen is back on a football pitch. German football is officially dead and some interesting responses to the Russian invasion of Ukraine leave John Cena and Ray Parler in the mud. I'm world champion Bailey Hutchison and alongside me as always is Chris Ringler. Chris, how are you? I just like, I just love how we're entering the war in Ukraine with John Cena. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you can go on BBC and watch like serious coverage. No, we are here to discuss John Cena and Ray Parler. Um, I also have to say, uh, before I get into it, Billy, I am concerned in light of the end of the podcast last week um, because Luton Town have now entered the playoffs. Don't tell me they're in form. Chelsea play them on Wednesday. They've won their last three and uh, they have two games in hand on Huddersfield. Uh, Luton Town could genuinely be a Premier League club next year. Bring them up. That can be that can be Norwich next season. You know, the game where you sit back and you just watch a 5-0. But but you know like when people always like try to name all the Premier League teams and they always forget that like Swindon, Oldham and Barnsley were Premier <laughs> yeah. League teams because it was like 1992 or whatever. All I'm thinking is this would be like a great pub quiz question in the future. Or yeah. what was that what was that quiz site there used to be and you could like do lists of things? Is, is this where I plug the fact that I have one of the most popular quizzes on that website? Yeah, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh Jetpunk Jet punk, yeah, right on there. Luton Town could well be a fantastic answer on that in future. I, I think my uh, my quiz on that, which, where you have to name all the football league teams, has been done almost two hundred thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> I made it in school. You should make royalties off that. I'm just thinking they might have like clicks that website. You're probably keeping that site online. I might have to get in touch. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that should be our first ever like podcast guest is whoever the, runs the guy from Jetpunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's me and you just back him in the corner in negotiations <laughs> to try and get you a couple of quid <laughs> yeah get a bit of sponsorship but yeah well we'll get into our first topic and that is that the inventor of football Marcelo Bielsa is no longer at Leeds United as of yesterday with former Red Bull coach I was looking at his resume all the Red Bulls he's, he's just been at all the Red Bulls all the Red Bulls yeah <laughs> Uh, Jesse Marsh is looking like he's going to take over at some stage. Chris, what was your reaction to the news? Uh, I mean, it led to me looking at um, Marcelo Bielsa's honours list. Um, oh yeah, that's a fun list. Because he so rarely stays at a club for so long. And I forgot that I think it featured on our last season that he was third in the best FIFA football coach 
tw- of the 2020 award. That's a disgrace. Uh, when I Leeds got promoted. <laughs> um, oh, like, I don't, like, I don't know. I think Bamford being lost this season has obviously been an irreconcilable problem. But yeah. the fact is, if they didn't do this, they were down. Yeah, they've had to give themselves a bit of hope. But like, the last... but they owe everything to him is the issue. Yeah, and that's exactly the thing. If you even look at the statements that like the chairman was putting out, I can't pronounce the guy's name, but he's that Randrozini or whatever he's called. Yeah, yeah. that mental one you see in the fingers <laughs> of people in the crowd. He, he kind of said it'd been the toughest decision he had to make during his time at Leeds. Yeah, uh, he said with Marcelo as, as our head coach, we had three incredible campaigns, and the good times returned to Ellen Road. He changed the culture of the club and brought a winning mentality to us all. The moments created, particularly in the 1920 season and winning promotion to the Premier League, will of course live long in all our memories, myself and the fans included. And yeah, it is one of the three campaigns is way more than expected. Yeah. The, the way Leeds have gone recently, when we talk about the injuries, is what we kind of expected to happen last year. Yeah. Just getting completely burnt out. You well, I, I think they've been of, worse than that, even. Yeah, yeah. But you look at the injury list with like Bamford, Phillips out, Cooper out. They're and then they're just putting square pegs and round holes from that stage onwards. You look at the last load of games. The Everton loss was a big one. Mm. Losing against United, yeah, four two. That was a freak game anyway. But yeah. what's going on this week with the six against Liverpool? Mm. I think you look at the Joel Matip goal. It's he deserved to be sacked after that goal, and then the, <laughs> and then lose four against the Spurs team who stink. Yeah, a run like that just in the modern game is just unacceptable, really, isn't it? Yeah, um, and like it's because they kept sticking with this man for man marking thing, but then like I don't like I mean I don't really know the ins and outs of how it could have been so bad compared to how they did it last year, but like I'm pretty sure people like Stuart Dallas have been running to the ground for the past two years. Well, I think you look at Dallas at the weekend and the chance he had with the yeah. sort of open goal. It wasn't good, though. Last yeah. season probably takes it. Now, I watched them going through, and as a Northern Ireland fan, I knew he wasn't putting it away. <laughs> we did score the winner that he had last year, I seem to remember. But, uh, yeah. Last year. Well, well indeed. <laughs> I, didn't, I was looking kind of through a few Leeds results, and do you want to guess when their last win was? West Ham. 3-2 against the Hammers. Jack Harrison. Sixteenth of January. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Jack Harrison bumped uh, big win for them. Yeah, <laughs> haven't talked about him since, obviously. No, absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> but then he's going to get a new manager bump here. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by this guy Bailey because um, well, I'm always fascinated by American managers. Yeah, just because of what Bob Bradley did. That is the right way around, isn't it? Uh, well, soccer AM always confuses me with that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean. I don't think Bob Bradley is quite on the same level as this guy. To be to be fair <laughs> to Jesse Marsh, so he he's managed the New York Red Bulls, Red Bull Salzburg, and uh, not very good spell at Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah, I'm amazed he hasn't taken Christian Horner's job. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair to him, uh, Red Bull Salzburg are now in the last sixteen of the Champions League, which is pretty crazy for an Austrian team. Yeah, they're the team you want. Uh, so like, so he's very in the mold of like Hasenhudel and um, Ragnick, in ter- which probably suits Leeds. I imagine is uh, it's probably why they've they've got him. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Yeah, like, it didn't really work out at Red Bull Leipzig, but maybe this is a relative step across. I don't know. Yeah, looking at his record this season, he had seven wins, four draws, and six losses at Leipzig. Yeah. Which, especially considering It's the Leipzig, Bundesliga. Yeah, Leipzig are supposed to be the, the second or third team. Yeah. In that league now, they're supposed to be a team that are creating stars that will inevitably move on to Bayern. But they should still be far better than that. So we'll see. I probably don't think he's the guy to keep them up. They probably are having one eye on the championship. I do love <sighs> though, like yeah. anytime any manager gets sacked, Keys and Gray start looking after their mate and immediately start tweeting and blogging about getting Sorry. Sam the clubs. Sorry, hang on a second. Keys and Gray? Where 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 do they still have stock in the football world? Twitter. Do you? <laughs> yeah, they do straight, do no, shame, no shame amongst them at all. Surely not. Straight on, be like big Sam with their job. <laughs> sorry, ha- <laughs> d- d- sorry, Richard Keys, who presented, who was the face of Sky Sports coverage for like a decade and a bit, thinks that Marcelo Bielsa to Big Sam is a good transition. No, well, he doesn't think that. He just thinks that in the current state, with the amount of games left, that there's no better man about than Big Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why he's currently out in Qatar doing coverage for oh, TV. Oh, right. So he's doing BN Sports, right? Yeah, okay. they, them, them two. Yeah, they sit in BN Sports. Oh, profile picture with the World Cup there in Qatar. Um, yeah, the, the guy has no shame. Two hundred fifty thousand followers. I'm one of them. I can say nothing. <laughs> I just love reading like football. I love a football dinosaur, and he's the ultimate. <laughs> I did notice that at the Southampton match on um on the weekend, one well, of the advertising boards, like one of those stupid betting companies, like it's like dot io, so they have like their thing in the Indian Ocean territory thing, <laughs> had like Matt Letizia advertised, of course, that sort of thing. Um, I don't know what it was, but here speaking of Letizia, did you see the news today that Chris Kamara is due to leave Soccer Saturday? Uh, is is he is he just joining jump? Like joining the ship, like just I, sort of. I'm, like... I'm assuming Jeff's told them there's a better deal coming. I imagine Amazon are going to try and snap them up or something. Oh, do you think Jeff's going to Amazon? I well, he said he's not done with football, so I'm assuming. Oh, know, interesting. Most of them are out of TV, out of jobs. At the moment, the only one who's still in a job's Merce. I Flip. think there's something. I think there's something coming in the summer. That could be the end of Sky Sports, as we oh, know. Absolutely. That's it. Well, in that sense, to the broadcasting sense. Neville, Neville and Cargo keep them going, but like that that kind of live coverage bit. Those two clowns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk about a manager after talking about Marcelo Bielsa getting sacked. A manager who wants to be sacked, Antonio Conte. <laughs> I've never heard a manager talk like this ever. He's, he's an emotional guy, isn't he? He really, but the lack of outrage about what he's saying is what gets me. You know, Lukaku did one interview with Italian media. Antonio Conte is doing weekly interviews. Like his quotes this week, he said, I'm open for every decision because I want to help Tottenham. I'm too honest to close my eyes and continue in this way, just saying, okay, my salary is good. I have ambition. I'm not so good to improve the situation here. That's a manager just straight up saying, I want to leave. This team stinks. It's uh, it's quite funny that Spurs are in the position that they have to just like, um, like accept this because like this is the level they're at. Um, Antonio's the daddy of that football club. It's ridiculous. Like, do do you think he has one eye on Man United in the summer? I, I just think he has one eye on anywhere but Tottenham like, Hotspur. Because, like, yeah, because the way 
because like because we still don't really know how he's working with like Ragnick and what his role is next year and all that nonsense. But like, if we're having someone more in the mold of Ragnick and the Red Bull stuff, then surely Ralph Hasenhutl would be more likely than Conte. Well, sure. We mentioned on here. He he wants to retire soon. He's not the guy. <laughs> yeah, but I just can't believe there was there was one game Spurs did when and Conte was like, "This is this is one of the best squads I've ever worked with." And then one week later, he's like, "I'm not good enough to improve this." Yeah, I like like we don't really know what's going on to be honest. No. Like behind the scenes, I, I think it's complete culture shock to him. He's been at three clubs before Juve, Chelsea, and Inter, where they're either winners or they were wanting to be winners. Yeah, and now he's gone to Spurs with just that history and culture of not wanting to do anything, and Daniel Levy not wanting to spend a penny. I have to say, I'm uh, I'm ever so slightly impressed by this guy Kulusevski. He was quite good. Um, Another anchor performance for him. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think, I think he looks like a. A decent, kind of versatile player, yeah. No, he's doing a Stevie Bird fan. Never, <laughs> never he burst onto the scene, he's done nothing. So, well, there was that one week where he's the greatest player on earth. And other than that, he's done nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's just another Bird fan. Um, looking at Tottenham at the weekend, it was easy enough for them. Uh, Matt Doherty actually played a game mm. of football. Matt Sorry. Doherty scored a goal. <laughs> he scored one of the scored football. a goal, yeah. He's back to his fantasy football best. yeah. Um, then, yeah, as we said, Spurs just needed a, a half decent wing back, and to everyone's shock, the one they signed last season was okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no way they're getting top four. But no, yeah, uh, looking elsewhere, they scored. Uh, Hugo Lloris uh, stinks. <laughs> even even in a four, he tried to give this game away. <laughs> a comfortable game of football. And Hugo Lloris decided, you know what? I don't want a clean sheet today. And found himself just stranded in no man's land, which led to the Stuart Dallas chance. Like, to be fair to the Leeds owners, like this, they spent like thirty million or something on Dan James. Yeah, like you know, like I don't know, like I know Bamford's been out, but I, I honestly think that young guy Gelhard or whatever is better than like up front. He's a pretty good player, Gelhard. It's tough for what is he eighteen nineteen? Yeah, it's tough to be that guy. In a relegation battle, I think if they were comfortably mid-table, you could reasonably rely on him. I think just the battle, it's tough to yeah. ask a guy like that to keep a club up. No, I think his cojones come from, uh, I don't know if you remember, that first year when Derby were hitting the sauce and Wigan got relegated, <laughs> even though they beat Holly at nil um, on the last day of the season. Uh, and all that nonsense in the championship, that's where he started. Like He scored a hat-trick in that game and stuff. <laughs> Darby hitting the saw. That was an all-time football story. Yeah. Miss those days. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Tottenham, no chance of top four. Don't They don't deserve it. The, no. only, thing, the only thing the fans have to cling on to there is that uh, Kane and Son are continuing to add to the deadliest <laughs> duo trophy. I, I would hate to be a Spurs fan. Like, they're actually going nowhere. Yeah, you're just grasping at straws like it's desperate. There's nothing to, there's nothing to be positive about. They have a nice wee stadium. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much else you can say. Yeah, it's just, yeah. But yeah, looking forward to Jesse Marsh joining just, again, just to see what he can do. He's one of those men we hear of him, especially whenever it came to like Champions League time. And I remember Liverpool tagging Salzburg. He made Minamino look a player. So you never know. Yeah. Um, Dan James could be his Minamino. 
yeah, I'm just interested to see why he's like in interviews and stuff. Like, I just, I, I like it is like it's because we're it's because we're like you know not American, but it's just it's just so alien to have someone at that level mm. being American. Bar that guy United, who says like Ted Lasso. I'm, I'm pretty young as well. Yeah. So actually, speaking of interviews, Chris, <laughs> I'm just thinking the young man, the young translator. For Bielsa. Uh, l- listen, I was oh, thinking about I was thinking about him as well. Oh, because after because after two seasons, I still didn't actually know if this guy's whole role with the club was to translate for Bielsa <laughs> or if he was actually one of the coaches. Like, I, did, did anyone ever clarify that? Yeah, I th- if anyone knows what's happened in that look, I really yeah. Young man's at the job centre this morning. Um, <laughs> like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, even just putting in a quick Google of what happens to Bielsa's translator doesn't yield any results. So, um, so who, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, he's just joining Adele impersonators and the job queue. <laughs> I, I hope he's all right. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope he finds another job. Um, he's, yeah, he's got a LinkedIn account. I've just seen. So, um, so <laughs> send him a connection request. <laughs> I literally might. Tell him about it. Oh, do you want? To, do, could he be our first external interview on the Fortnite? Like <laughs> Andres Clavijo, yeah. That would be amazing. Send that connection request. Honestly, I actually, I actually, I'm actually going to do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. Love it. Uh, we'll move on to, and actually, a very good game of football, despite the result. I don't really know what way, what avenue you want to take first here, Chris. If you want to go down the Abramovich route. The penalty route or the match fixing route? Um, there, uh, the match fixing route. I'm not. I'm not sure where that's really going. Oh no! Some straight up match fixing this game. Uh, so. Oh right! No, no. It was the League Cup final. That's quite yeah. a big accusation to make. Oh no! Straight up, Wells a match fixer, and he knows <laughs> it. And Chelsea Football Club for. <laughs> four of their last five trips to Wembley have been done by match fixing now that's not the take away from <laughs> Liverpool and Chelsea a fantastic game of football and what it did have me thinking I was sitting watching it going this is brilliant you know two big teams who are well up for it a pretty good idea would be you know what What if we just set up a league of like big teams and just made them play each other every single week so, uh, so sorry. When you say there was match fixing, are you just talking about the fact that all the goals were offside? Apparently, all the goals were sort. Well, three of them were offside. So there was a Van Dyke goal, or sorry, Joel Mahid goal where Van Dyke was offside because he was blocking Reese James. I thought that was a good. That decision. was uh, that was that was that was a stupid decision. There was a Kai Hat. What do you mean that was a stupid decision? He, he didn't hold him back so much that he Chris. like got like. Chris. It's a contact sport. Yeah, it's not basketball. It's not pick and roll. Are you right? It's not basketball. You can actually touch people. Yeah. yeah pick and pick roll. Roll. It's not Steph Curry out there. <laughs> days. Uh, yeah, there was another offside for Kai Havertz. Uh, Timo Werner was offside to nobody's surprise. And then there was another offside on Romelu Lukaku, which I'd like to see closer. Oh, I'm they, not. Con- I'm not convinced by that one. Yeah, it was like it was like a hand or a finger or something. Yeah, yeah they've they've apparently done it by the shirt sleeve, and I've said this before in this podcast whenever we spoke about Bamford last year. That the idea then is just to get shorter sleeves. 
<laughs> but I'm I'm not convinced they did it from the right spot. I'd like to see. I, I'd like a, an investigation. Right. Like, like sort of the way. I mean, he could just hold the run. Not really. I think he, he timed it well, in my opinion. You right. Know? Okay. Because, in my opinion, I think he was onside, and I think we should be allowed. We saw in the boxing at the weekend, there was a bit of match fixing going on there. And I, I did see some alert with that. I've yeah. now got involved and said they'll investigate. So I think I should be able to get a similar result from VAR. Mm. But yeah, so there was that offside call now, hands up, you know, it is tight and everything, and I can't kind of let it slip. But the Nabi Keda challenge on Trevor Chalaba. How to- that's not a totally disagree card. with you. Totally disagree what? with you. Chalaba goes into him. Like, like the two of them go to compete. One makes contact. Right, right, right. But like, Shalba doesn't doesn't need to go in the way that he does. What? Like, I, I don't get that at all. So, uh, so like, like the, the way that like the way Shalba like like drop kicks into into the challenge. Like, <laughs> and he ends up, I, I, and he ends up having his groin like like studded, requiring I mean, stitches. Right, but like, <laughs> t- t- tell me, like that alone, the entire point of a red card is you endanger the safety of an opponent. Nabi Keda mm. endangered Trevor's safety. I feel, I feel like it's it's so easily could have happened the other way from the it's, way and feet then, were flying. That, yeah, it so easily could have happened the other way. It didn't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he, he was coming from like twenty yards away as well, just flying in, mm. and then his groin went in. Just another Chelsea match fixing scandal. We saw it with uh, Maguire a couple of years ago on Batchwife. Same thing happens with Naby. <laughs> Naby actually, earlier in the game, there was a joke of a decision from Atwell, and this is where my match fixing claim started, where Naby put an arm out, um, Mount goes down, and for some reason, Atwell gave that decision as a Liverpool free kick. Right. I want this man investigated. I, mean, I want them off Chelsea games. It was quite funny how much um, Gary Neville absolutely flipping loved Stuart Atwell during the oh, game. Yeah, he was like, Atwell's not put a, not put a, he's not got a decision wrong, but maybe, maybe the, the Keita challenge. I was like, well, then clearly you're thinking he has. Like, what's, um, I don't get the Neville loving. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, like, when I sat down to watch the match, I was like, oh, for flip's sake, Liverpool fans and Chelsea fans, this is going to be, this is going to be a, a fun 90 minutes, you know, two of everybody's favourite sets of fans who don't support them, <laughs> like, gurning about all this nonsense, and then it, it ended exactly how I thought it would. I have to say, though, big um, Quiven, Quiven, Quiven Kelleher, um, fair play to the lad, um, that was some performance. Uh, yeah, it was good before. Yeah, good save from Pulisic early on. Uh, I'm trying to think what else he can. It, well, it's it's more for me. It's more the just stepping up and just playing the match at Wembley at that level. Um, and it's just some lad from Cork whose brothers play GAA. <laughs> well, you know, he could if he was playing GAA, he could have ended up a croak in front of a bigger crowd. You know? Well, 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 I suppose he's not from Dublin. No, he's not from Dublin. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But he was a cracking penalty taker, to be fair to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. You just knew, so we'll get on the penalties now. The game kind of, I think first half Liverpool dominated towards the end. They sort of tired and Chelsea got a bit of a grip on it. 
uh, we just can't finish any chance ever, and especially whenever there's been a match fixing involved, we definitely can't. Uh, <laughs> so it went to penalties, and the penalties were perfect, right from every outfield player and one goalkeeper. Um, yeah, so I, I don't really get the taking Mandy off. Yeah, right. This is I've seen this everywhere. I've seen Brad well, about Well, that's because well, that's because he subbed the goalkeeper. Yes, so this is one of my things with a lot of people have very short memories in that Thomas Tuchel did this exact thing in a Super Cup final and it worked and he did something right. that kept as our best penalty saver. That's why I subbed them on for penalties. He did the exact same thing yesterday. I've, I've no issue with it at all. I actually knew, I was watching it and from about 115 minutes what? onwards, I was kind of looking towards the bench being like, right, what stage is he bringing the ball? Well, he didn't, uh, well, didn't really save many. No, but that, that's one of those. That's the risk you take. That's why Thomas Tuchel's paid to make those decisions. Kepa is the better guy for penalty shootouts. Just yesterday wasn't wasn't his day. He's had two penalty shootouts in this competition this season. You could argue he should have started the game because he's the cup keeper. No, no way. You definitely would have lost in normal time if he if he was. But playing. same way. So are you telling me then Kelleher shouldn't have played yesterday? Uh, no. So you're saying Allison should have played? No. What? Uh, I, I think... Kelleher's their cupcake. I think Kelleher... I think Kelleher has proved that he is uh, a better goalkeeper than Kepa. I mean, there, that's a debate. But Kepa... I, 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 think, I, I, think you can, I think you can rely on Kelleher in a way that you can't rely on Kepa. I, I think you can rely on Kepa in a cup competition. I think you can rely on, on him most of the time in a penalty shootout. He's had two penalty shootouts in this competition. Had one in the Super Cup, which he was great in. Had one against Eintracht Frankfurt a few years ago where he was fantastic. He saved against Plymouth in the FA Cup from a penalty. I think that it's the decision. And it's just one of those didn't pay off yesterday. I have well, no issue with it at all. Well, ever since he defied... Um... Sorry, is the, I um, hate, uh, I, it's that, that's the way it goes. Bingo! Yeah. I, I hate that now. I hate <laughs> it's like, what, what, what does the guy need to do to leave that behind? Um, you know, how, how many shootouts does he need to win to leave that narrative behind? And in well, fact, he actually did save a penalty in that final, so I've never understood that. Well, narrative. To, to, to be fair, yeah, like nobody's booing Zuma anymore, so um, mm. yeah. Yeah, we've still not seen where that charity money's gone. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk about Liverpool penalties in particular. I'll talk about the Virgil van Dijk penalty. Phenomenal. Uh, Kepa, if you watch, actually stands to the side where he knows Virgil's going to put up. Right. Begging him to put up there. And right. Virgil just nails him. Yeah. Big respect to that. Big to be, fan of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, I, my issue with this game as well is that I knew exactly what would happen at the conclusion as... The other the fans of the other club who lost would be like, well, it doesn't really matter because uh, there's all these, you know, it's just the League Cup. But then deep inside, they're actually really annoying, like really annoyed about it. Um, and I knew that would happen, and undoubtedly that did happen. Uh, I suppose, yeah, I was kind of like that, but then I also remembered the high of two weeks ago where I'm a world champion. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You just you just then defer to X other competition that you win and you therefore understand again why but, but that's why, the league cup you, but you then understand again why we love to, to support not big clubs but, that, but that's the whole point of the league cup is that you can 
you can lose in it and no one really cares. Like Tottenham were able to, you know, completely rewrite history on a League Cup in a documentary. (laughs) Like if we go back to that, they were embarrassed in the League Cup and completely left out of the reason Maurizio Pochettino was sacked. Um, We just did the exact same thing yesterday. um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan okay. Woodgate was on match today recently as well, which is quite interesting because he was like scored the winner in that stuff. Oh yeah, he's still doing appearances for that, is he? Yeah, that's, that's on the Tottenham DVD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just one of those games. I actually thought I saw clips of Milner and Henderson after the game. Some good sportsmanship from them. I actually quite like that. I normally don't like. What, what did they do? They kind of stood as Chelsea came down with their runners-up stuff. They stood there to shake hands and you know, say good game. I actually respected that. I don't like Henderson normally, but I thought quality touch. I also I, think I've seen Klopp like, bring a kid up to lift the trophy. Of course. Just I thought nice touch as well. Um, I enjoyed Harvey Elliott with the flair. So that was good value. Oh yeah, he's apparently been investigated for that. Well, well, apparently he's been written to to ask for his observations. Like, Sorry, can someone delegitimize the FA? Yeah, well, what's Harvey Elliott going to say about that? <laughs> what are you, the guys at 18 or 19? Yeah. Yeah, can't wait for nah. his written response to that. No, nah, a, a bag of flair, yeah. <laughs> can't wait to see which club lawyer writes that statement. Why even are flares banned? Like, what's the problem with flares? Genuinely. Because they're pyro, they can take your face off. No, can't, can it? The heat of those things, yeah. Oh, is that how it works? Right. Those things are roasting, yeah. If you get a dodgy one, you never know. To be fair, though, like, is there anything like Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, or like those kind of matches, you know? But think about it from a spectator's point of view, like, say you're sat at a game and some lad in front of you gets a flare out and you can't watch a game of football, that would crack me up. Well, that's, yeah, fair enough. I'd pay good money to watch watch a game and all of a sudden just this bright light is blinding me. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about... Uh, but, but sorry, just, just to uh, finish on Chelsea, uh, you don't have people running your club at the moment? Oh, we do. We have the... Uh, well, we don't. No, no, they, they, they have said that they are not actually running the club. Yes, yeah, so what has happened here is Roman Abramovich, obviously with his links <laughs> to Vladimir Putin, <laughs> has, has yeah. asked his lawyers <laughs> what the best road to go down is. Uh, he, he released a statement saying, I've always taken decisions with the club's best interest at heart. I remain committed to these values. That is why I am today giving trustees of Chelsea Charitable Foundation the stewardship and care of Chelsea FC. I believe that they are currently in the best position to look after the interests of the club, players, staff and fans. What it's, a, it's the most ambiguous statement I've ever heard. But John, what's the funniest thing about it? Watching Mika Richards on Sky trying to decipher it going, oh, that means... Yeah, Mike, that's kind of the point of it. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Lineker and Shearer also digging into it. And Shearer was like, yeah, it means nothing. It's like, yeah, it was written by about 10 lawyers. Of course it means nothing. <laughs> it has enough characters to be able to fit in a tweet. And then Lineker was like, I'd actually quite like to hear his thoughts on the invasion of Ukraine. I was like, Gary, the guy who owns my club, I've heard from him four times in 20 years. He's always going to turn around to you and be like, oh, hang on a second, Gary, he's asking questions. Oh, dear. Yeah. But yeah, from, from what I've read is that there's no real day-to-day difference in how the club's going to be run. Uh, Roman's right. still the owner. Uh, Czech and Marina Granovska are going to be running it. And that's pretty much the way it has been working, except for they would have answered to Roman, except for now they just seem to be... Like, what a glow-up for Petr Cech. Goalkeeper to... 
<laughs> running a football club. What is it? What is he in charge? Yeah, him and Marina. I think he's he's now second in command, from mm-hmm. what I can see. Um, but yeah, the, the yeah. trustees of the football club and the charitable foundation is actually an interesting one because I was kind of looking through names and most of them I didn't recognise. The only two I did were Bruce Buck, who's chairman of the club, and Emma Hayes, who's yeah. the team manager. I saw, I saw that she was on it, yeah. Yeah, which I think's int- I think that's why they probably turned it down. She's probably like, I have enough on my plate. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> well, dude, you know, I'm I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win trophies with this team. Never mind trying to sort out things for the men's club. Don't need a PR thing with Russia. Yeah, the entire thing. I I don't know. I've I'm like everyone else. I've no answers. I'm <laughs> oh, asking questions myself. I think it's it's strange how social media and stuff works because obviously for the past few days since that all happened. Roman is one of the biggest villains in the world. And then today it was like stories breaking that he's the one going in the sort of peace negotiations. Surely, surely not. Apparently so. Apparently he's been brought in. I, I have no idea what's going on. So, right. But yeah, it's just the narrative of he's the man Roman Abramovich well. walking in the sort of. So that would be right. Roman Abramovich taking down a Super League and also oh, oh, <laughs> an yeah. invasion of another country. That's definitely what happens, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think, in all honesty, I think Roman, is the, as vague as that statement was, and I kind of get the point behind that statement, I think he owes the players and staff a serious explanation because at the end of the day, the 23 guys in that squad, manager and stuff, are the faces of that club. It's unfair on those guys that have to answer questions for him you know uh yeah I, I, like i think that that's the bare minimum you, I, you I, know i understand why when everyone's going about newcastle i'm like well like what what what's the bar you know like yeah it's so tight because you're just dealing with these guys who are they, they live in a completely different planet you know yeah so yeah we'll, we'll see what i honestly don't know what happens i think from seeing it this is just a strategic chess move to try and protect the club right so it is and i think we'll see what happens i honestly don't know i mean <laughs> we'll see if the the charity foundation takes care of it or what actually goes on but we'll see it's yeah. a distraction uh another distraction for chelsea yeah that's well we, we love it we thrive on this chaos so yeah. we, we are a chaos club uh, but yeah, we'll go on to more match fixing. Uh, Man City against Everton. Uh, yeah, that's the worst decision I've ever seen. That is that is the clearest match fixing going. So <laughs> this entire game was a serious struggle for Man City. I think you look at the lineup. Even uh, John Stones playing right back, he was tortured by Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon's a good player. Yeah. He's pretty good, yeah. But he's especially good whenever he's not up against Kyle Walker uh, instead up against the centre back. But yeah, Everton or Everton, really. uh, you know they they give they give a good fight, uh, but consider the goal due to a Michael Caine and Mason Holgate error. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, like, yeah, like fair play, Everton. They were they were all right, but like at the end of the day, like because in their fixtures that they still have left, they have to play basically all the best teams. So Plenty it doesn't matter how well they play if they just keep making little mistakes like that, then they are going to go down. Yeah, and it's, it is. It's you look at players like that, and they have an error in them. Jordan Pickford's due one as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, admittedly, you know that that error sort of coming off Holgate, Keane not being able to get his feet right, just led the gift of a chance for Foden. Who have you noticed this new tattoo, Chris, behind the ear? 
Uh, you know what happens? What, what's what's in the new tattoo? It's a stinker. It's just like a line behind his ear. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't um, picked up on that. Yeah, I think that's just so bizarre. And actually, we actually missed the story on Phil Foden last week. Did oh, you did see we? the video of his mum getting a scrap at the boxing? <laughs> um, I heard that. I, all I saw was BBC were saying that um, Man City are um, they're you know they're to offer their like uh you know they're standing with phil foden after something <laughs> happened at the box and i was like what's this nonsense here look at how this stood with phil foden he wasn't involved he just don't his, his own mother <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we'll get on the penalty well non-penalty that was the clearest indication of match fixing in man city's favor i've ever seen Rodri just <laughs> he just controlled it with his hand there's how, no way about it like, no one how, knew how, how did the referees actually like, how can they actually justify? I saw Everton have like written to them, whatever that means. You know, yeah, that's going to do nothing. <laughs> which is the issue. Like, that's the issue. Like, no official is going to come out and say, "Yeah, we hands up, we were wrong." Yeah, like, you know, I, I just like what is going through their minds. Like, surely someone's whisper. Surely someone at Stockley Park, even the placement student, is you know is having an eye on what's going on and saying lads you're going to get hammered if you do this why are you doing this like <laughs> well it's, it's like if that was the VAR as well which it did it's like how how are they getting it wrong yeah I like it's a fact as well because it, it, it was like right in front of the Everton fans so, yeah. so they were all like well you know we, we saw that they, yeah they were properly diving on top of it like which is uh, Whenever you're in a relegation battle, you need stuff like that to go your way. Yeah. I actually did see today, as we talk about referees, actually, I did see a job posting. A job for, posting? Yeah, for VAR hub operations manager at Stockley Park. No way. What? Yeah. Like, literally in charge of the operations? So, yeah, your main job How much? Is, it, it just says competitive. The reason why refereeing stinks is that whenever you look at the hours of this job, you're getting part-time hours, 24 and a half hours a week. So no one who wants a full-time job is going for this. What? But yeah, if you want to get involved, go to jobsandfootball.com and there's a refereeing section. You'll be there to uh, manage the day-to-day coordination of VAR-related operational matters, planning the match day setup. Interesting. That means interesting qualifications and experience required. Uh, experience in delivery of operations in a sporting environment. Experience in supplier contract and budget management, and good knowledge of football and the professional game. Budget. Ma- well, I'd like to think that they would, they would have the third part. Um, well, they clearly don't. But what? Uh, what budget? What do you need that for? I don't know what they're doing there. Because surely we're in, the, we're in the Premier League. Like the greatest league in the world, surely there should be no budget. You know, we want to get refereeing decisions right. I should apply for that and see what happens. No, you'd be, you'd get too emotional. Yeah, no, yeah. There's, there's too much. There's what episode are we now? We're episode twenty three. There's too much bias. On I'd be for you. well. There's that, and I'd also like I would be basically responding on Twitter with a like a a, a you know phone to face recording that yeah. like like on you know unverified by the the. By the FA, um, responding yeah, to allegations. Yeah, instead of doing what they do and hide, you'd be just straight out there. Oh, I would. I'd be combative. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'd be reading out usernames of Twitter users. <laughs> <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah. Going up Jack with three A's, 89. <laughs> You're the moron. 
Ja. Ja, hvor fanden... Uh, ja, Mansell er i... Ja, yeah, Borre. Uh, yeah. A more exciting game. Brentford Newcastle. Uh, I so... think this is a strange one. The red card for De Silva. <laughs> yeah. Was... Not, that's an interesting one, especially whenever you look at the Chloba one yesterday. Well, um, so I was in London last week uh, and I was staying in the area where Brentford are located. Right. So I, I walked past like the... <laughs> well, I, I think that area of London... Like, I, I think it's really a very small part that's like called Brentford. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's more like... Stop. It's more... Yeah, it's like... What is it? Like Hounslow... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Chiswick, whatever it is, yeah. Um, basically, uh, there was like a big block of flats that was like the the Griffin Park like memorial thing or something. Right. So I, I was like, well, bit of respect because um, that's just ever so slightly more value placed on the history of this place than West Ham United did when they flattened their stadium. <laughs> um, but uh, hey, West West Ham got a Batista movie of flattening their we, we got a Batista movie and blocks of flats that have absolutely no recognition of the fact that they're on the former Upton Park site. I don't think any like I'd blow my stadium. <laughs> Not for like I'd have to go like the rock level. Um, so if, if the Rock wants to come in and blow up Stamford Bridge, work away. It's all very nice, uh, but what's not very nice is the fact that they got smacked by Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. And well, it was that first, I believe, tenth minute in the Silva red card. It's not a red for me, to be honest. He kind of just does <sighs> what a lot of midfielders. It's do. not a red for you, but it's a red for Keita. Yeah, this guy what? does what Yaya Toure and Ruben Loftus Cheek have been doing for years, and just tries to get a foot down to stand his ground to shield the ball. Right. Unfortunately, another player's leg gets in the way. It's not for me. He, he, he's not intentionally trying to hurt anyone. He's trying to shield the ball to get his team up the pitch. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested by the resurgence of Joe Willock, who has suddenly, just as Newcastle have become good. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not because Newcastle have come good. It's because you chirped them. Uh, it's maybe a bit of both. No, it's you. It's maybe a bit of both. Yeah, that's <laughs> what happens. The players. What Willick scored from a Fabian Cher assist. Fabian Cher. Mm. What was he doing that high on the pitch? Yeah, I like. I really like Brentford and you know what what they're doing and stuff. But I, I mean, to be fair, they actually were better for Christian Eriksen coming on. Like he genuinely made a difference. But they have to be very careful that they don't. Um, because the main issue is that they've played more games than everybody else around yeah. them, um, and they're not scoring goals. Yeah, I, I still think, looking at the table, I think it's between them and Leeds as to who goes down. And then Watford and Norwich? Yeah, yeah, Watford and Norwich are gone. Mm. So they are. Mm. Get Ben Foster back to the championship. Well, well, we all want to see that. Get him doing his vlogs again, but yeah. Between them oh, so, and no, we don't me. want to see that, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the other player uh, for Newcastle who's been reborn, Joe Linton. Joe Linton's a so phenomenal bizarre. player. It's a phenomenal player. Um, how, how he like slipped through the cracks for years as a striker, and has now fallen back in the midfield and looks a completely different human. He he's an unbelievable box to box midfielder now. Uh, but uh, I'm sure, Billy, you want to mention uh, Big Ryan Fraser's interview um, after this game. <laughs> what a bizarre interview. <laughs> Because he was trying, you alerted me, because I wouldn't, I barely watch interviews of players, especially if it's Newcastle v Brentford. He alerted me to the fact that he like said that him and Eddie Howe have always been on good terms, even though they definitely weren't when I really left Bournemouth. 
But he also was asked, like, what, what's Eddie changed around the club? And he says, yeah, he's just fantastic. It's it's the day-to-day sort of things. Like, he's put up posters with inspirational messages around the place. And, like, they just inspire to get going. Like, this guy's just Ted Lasso. This is Premier League football club. Premier like, League football club and Eddie Howe's getting his kids to do arts and crafts with a leaf <laughs> written on a bit of A3. <laughs> I, Fraser. It doesn't... Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny around Fraser was like oh like you know I could just list them all day all the things he's changed <laughs> <laughs> yeah I could list them all day and was able just to say hey, he's making posters yeah yeah he's uh, um, no he's, he's done well recently fair play to him but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's coming up says fair play so yeah we've got Ted Lasso over at Newcastle now uh, and then we'll go down the Villa Brighton nothing really happened in this game because nothing happens in Brighton games anymore because they're on the beach well I'll tell you what happens is they, they lose them that's what happens in Brighton they games they do now. lose them to Polish Matty Cash haven't won well indeed haven't won a home game in uh, five months what? Brighton? no way mm-hmm. fact <laughs> and that was after like what did it take like a year, 18 months for them to win another one before that. That's mental. Yeah. But it's I all right because Big Potter said their performance was good. I may have to come around to your agenda. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I will convert everyone to my agenda. Five, like, as a home fan, that's yeah. a disgrace. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, you, if you're a Brighton fan, you're going to the Amex every week or every other week. Like you're expecting to not win. Like if you're a season ticket holder, it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, you you have to be getting discount. And I also notice, probably actually, the fans do realize this because there's always seats at the Amex. <laughs> yeah, that is that's an empty stadium. That is a fan base who cannot chirp Man City ever because they don't <laughs> turn up. Yeah. But yeah, this game, Matty Cash scored in and it brings up the timeless debate that is getting booked for messages. Matty Cash scored and lifted up his shirt to send a message of support to one of his international teammates who plays in Kiev and obviously gets booked and the internet goes mad being like, that's a disgrace he's being booked there. Yeah. And it's like, but that's the rule. Like, I imagine the referee hates having to do that, but we all know Matty Cash would have known himself. Yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't really exercise me, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just such... It, it, this always appears, this debate, and it's just like, we all know the rule. Yeah. With it. I have noticed as well, Billy, that in the course of this podcast, this is our last game, that we have skipped over the phenomenal West Ham win over Wolves, uh, which... Phenomenal? Oh yeah, crucial for the, oh. for the top four chances against really? the best defence in the league, basically. I kind of, I'll not lie, I had it on the background and at no point did I lift my head up. It was a brutal N- game. N- nothing happened in that fixture. It was a brutal game. Oh. have to give a, um, it was nice to see all the support for Yarmolenko, uh, but I have to give a shout out to, like we always do in this podcast, although it's different this time, to Max Kilman. Right. Because people may or may not realise that Max Kilman is half Ukrainian because his mum is from well, Hang on a second here. So before... Where, where's he found this? Because is he not Canadian and English? And... No, no, he's, uh, he's Ukrainian. Um, English. So basically before... So Andrei Shevchenko, before the Euros, tried to call him up for Ukraine, but they realised that because he played futsal for England, he was ineligible to play for Ukraine. So he could have been playing for Ukraine... Um, 
right now. Yeah, I I think he's lying. <laughs> no, like he's from like Fulham, but he his mom is from Ukraine. No, I I'm not having that one bit. He's <laughs> he's, he's lying. I I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk. Actually, we'll talk about that more later on in the month. The kind of messages the Ukraine. Uh, the <laughs> other things I just want to mention before we we go to that are the Arsenal game against Wolves midweek. I didn't realize this Arsenal hatred of Ruben Neves. Why? Well, what's Arsenal that about? fans despise this guy. Well, what after... stock do Arsenal fans have about him? Because <laughs> apparently, after the game earlier in the year. That Arsenal won Ruben Neves turned around was like Ar- Arsenal celebrated that like they won the World Cup. They've oh, not celebrated like that in 10 years. Oh, yeah, he was absolutely right. He was <laughs> absolutely right. Yeah. But because of that, he took, and I actually really, I love whenever players get, get their own bit back because there was a scene, there was a fan cam thing where Aaron Ramsdale kind of runs by him, Martin Keown style celebrating, you know, where kind of bumps him in the back. <laughs> yeah. But just a real unnecessary beef. Um, yeah, no, it was. Uh, sorry, uh, very quick update. Max Kilman, his 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 dad's Russian, his mum's Ukrainian, but he was born in Chelsea. So there you go. That'll be an interesting game, Monopoly. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Ar- yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, they're they're doing all right. They're probably they are, they're, yeah. they're probably gonna get fourth, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, looking at it, uh, I don't think West Ham will get it. Well, well, no, well, no one does. No, uh, but like you know, what chance are United? Well, that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, Man United are one of the all-time. They're they're now in New Brighton, so they are <laughs> great XG in drawing games. Yeah, whenever you can't score a goal past Ben Foster, <laughs> at home something going wrong. I think Wrecking Ralph. But yeah, I think at the moment, probably yeah, Arsenal probably are favourites, and to grind out a result like they did against Wolves, yeah. A very good three points. Uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, Southampton, they played Friday night against Norwich. Nothing interesting in the game, but we're going to have to start calling out the cheating that's going on with Southampton. <laughs> yes, yeah, about their, their water breaks. Yeah, if this were any other club, if this were a proper club, <laughs> everyone would be investigating it. You know, there'd be rule changes, there'd be points deductions. <laughs> But because points deductions because Southampton do it, Carragher and Neville go. Oh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a laugh. It's, it's all right, you know. <laughs> you got to do what you got to get an advantage. So what I'm all about here is the Athletic recently did an article and revealed that in fourteen of Southampton's last twenty four Premier League matches, one of Ralph Hasenhüttl's players has fallen down and required attention from the physio between the sixtieth and seventieth minute. Now you may just think that's coincidence. Watch the way these boys go down and watch the way the rest of the team sprint over to Ralph to get gels, drinks, tactics. <laughs> it's a disgrace. Ah, oh, come on. That's it. You gotta do what you gotta do. If Chelsea football club started doing this, listen, what do you, you think the reaction would be? Listen, you already do so many other things, you wouldn't need to be doing this to get people annoyed. <laughs> but it's like if a proper football club done this, there'd be outrage. Um, but Stuart Armstrong goes down with no one near him and he just sits down he looks around them I need to go down now yes Stuart and it's all oh you know no problem um, it, is, it is pretty funny yeah they I, are they're doing an NBA timeout during the game this this goes back to the pandemic era football 
where we had the breaks like sort of 20 25 minutes in each half oh yes and yeah ralph's ralph's bringing it back by cheating um look the ralph has his ways right it, it just it just happens you know he doesn't let on no i i just cannot accept it so I really can't. The athletic, I, I feel sorry for whoever has. I had to like, work that out. Yeah. Well, not even that. Someone's worked it out, but then someone has been asked to write an article and do it for every Premier League club to yeah, see if I noticed anyone, that. Yeah. If anyone else has a similar thing, I think the Hammers may have been up there. From what I, I remember, think, uh, yeah, there was something. Let me find that. <laughs> the Hammers definitely do something. I think it's slightly later in the game. Yeah, we're definitely up there. Yeah. Oh yeah, West Ham have quite a bit between forty-five and sixty minutes. Particularly mm. this December and January. Oh, you lot were having a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so you swear. But yeah, it Listen. is. I, I feel sorry for whoever had to do that article because <laughs> every other club bar say that, then you're looking up and like, why? <laughs> why was the? Why did they have to do this? Yeah. Completely, completely no correlation at all. But yeah, if Southampton turn up to Stamford Bridge and do that, I'll be asking for. Uh, I'll be doing what. The Premier League have done with Harvey Elliott. I'll be writing for a written explanation, an observation, an observation. That's exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll go on to in the mud, and I've promised everyone a bit on John Cena and Ray Parler <laughs> this week. Uh, we'll, we'll also talk about other reactions to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> a, a great place to find your information about the war in Ukraine is under the floodlights. Yeah, you know. Football's an escape from the horrors that are going on. You know, you get get all this on the news. You oh, know, aye. 24 hours a day and on Twitter. Oh, I. But I, I like to look for the light side in the world. Oh, I. There's, there's some clowns out there, one of which is WWE superstar John Cena. Sorry, can, can we just clarify before you say what he tweeted? Is he still, like, going in the WWE, John Cena? He was wrestling. He must be pushing back. 50. I think he's, like, mid-40s, yeah. But yeah, he was he was wrestling a couple of months ago. So yeah, we'll, we'll say he's active. Should he not? Right. But yeah. He, he he saw the news and decided to make it all about his new TV show, uh, <laughs> Peacemaker. He tweeted on the twenty fourth of February, if I could somehow summon the powers of a real life peacemaker, I think this would be a great time to do so. What a moron. <laughs> he's trying to make like people watch his program. Yeah. Uh, like... Go watch my program and see what powers my superhero has. Uh... <laughs> I'm thinking about how he could stop what's going on. Um yeah, that's an old timer that. But even better was <laughs> one of my favourite players of all time, Ray Parler. Of Dude, course. Uh Ray tweeted this was yesterday afternoon. Front foot cobra bomb to kick off the afternoon. Thoughts with everyone in the Ukraine at the moment going down the rubber dub to watch a great afternoon of football, enjoy the sun. International diplomacy from Ray Parler. Um, sorry, does he just put things like that on Twitter, just like randomly? Yeah, yeah, it's a two minute every Sunday what? you get one what? of them. It does, a, it does a video just with his thoughts of the week, and this week he's thinking about the people of the Ukraine <laughs> while downing a cobra bomb and giving birthday shout outs on the front, a front foot. Cobra bomb <laughs> on the front foot away to the rubber dub. <laughs> oh, do reckon, man. Do reckon there's, a, there's an Arsenal fan in Ukraine who's like sat there yesterday, you know, worried about what's going on, and went on the Twitter and went, Legend, Ray Parler's thinking about you. <laughs> Ray Parler's away down the pub, they get absolutely smashed, but honestly, he's thinking about me. Honestly. Um, oh, I love Ray. 
<laughs> I would love to hear what Alan Brazil was saying as well this week on Talk Sport about it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to get them to in the negotiations. <laughs> yeah, you know, instead of Roman Abramovich and Vladimir Putin, get them two boys over. They'll sort it out over yes. a cu- couple of beers and yeah. glasses of wine. Yeah. The only other thing I've seen, I don't want to bring it up, is I don't know if you've seen before the United Watford game the sign that Ralph Ranick brought out. <laughs> I did like. The the way that they took the photo, I I was just thinking again, man, like there's no charisma about this guy at all. Like they say, like no war or something. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> like a big taste sign in the middle. I was like, Ralph, you're supposed to be working on tactics all week, mate, not colouring in. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Ralph Ragnick, man, yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's a great way to put it. Just no charisma, that guy at all. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, he, he stuns me. <laughs> Yes, I'm just hoping we get more of those from from Ray. Actually, oh, I few updates. So, yeah, keep, yeah, exactly. He should be on BBC Breakfast every morning. You get, yeah, get on BBC Ukraine Cast, which has recently started. So, yeah, <laughs> send him over to Kiev. Just yeah. I'm standing on top of that building. The BBC reporters are all oh, I just looking out. Uh, but yeah, that'll wrap us up for the week. Chris, any final thoughts? Oh, sugar, no. Uh, um, yes, we've got him. I d- <laughs> um. Uh, uh, is it Champions League this week? FA Cup. Oh, that's one thing. Yeah, I was. I, I would say everyone who listens to the podcast is obviously absolutely gutted that West Ham didn't get Barcelona in the Europa League. We got Sevilla, which is not good. But Worst possible draw the Hammers could have got. Yeah, it, it, it was. Um, get, I, get the Europa League specialists. Listen, let's... Uh, we got a special shout-out from the, guy, the UEFA guy doing the draw. He said... He, said he was like, oh... So congrats to West Ham. This is the first time that they have reached this stage. And I was like, "Cheers, lads!" Yeah, I'm ready soon. That just tells me that guy doesn't know who West Ham are. Don't don't see don't see Leicester or Celtic anywhere near this draw. So yeah, also don't see Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which for everyone listening, I text Chris during the week there saying we'll have we'll have West Ham. Yes, we'll. Yes, the the, the fair weather Rangers fan that is Bailey Hodgson. Yeah. Listen, Chris, I make no bones about it. I am the biggest fair weather fan, and the sky <laughs> skies above Ibrox right now are clear and sunny. So where, they, where, where were you, Peter Headaway? <laughs> you should have seen me at half time in that game. I was near out. <laughs> so I was a son of made of my Neil Undertaker gif. <laughs> he scored in the second half. I, I, just, I just love how John Lundstrom was competing with the European elite. Um, it was <laughs> just great. Oh, I cannot wait to see Morelos away to. Oh, what's what's the team called? I've already forgotten. A Red Star. Red Star Belgrade. Oh, he's going to get right. He is going to get absolutely riled up like he's never seen. Yeah. That, tu- that tunnel alone. <laughs> Red Star, <laughs> get him going. So yeah. can't, cannot wait for that. Yeah. yeah, that wraps us up nicely for the week. Uh, sorry for this coming out on a Wednesday. Uh, Chelsea and Liverpool decide to go 120 minutes, and I messed up our scheduled. Go. Yeah, yeah, and I've decided to go out. So, <laughs> but we'll be back the Tuesdays, hopefully next week. Um, we'll yeah. see everyone then. Thanks for listening.